Hey, murder lovers. My name is Mackenzie. And this is Patina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. I'm back, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> the most sincere of shout outs to Kara and Chaeyoung for filling in for me last week. I appreciate you both. Thank you so much. And I'm so glad to be back in this chair. I'm glad to have you back. It honestly hurt my heart to listen to the episode and not be part of it. I was like, oh my God. Serious FOMO. Yeah. I was like, I feel left out. (laughs) I feel like they went to go play together and they didn't Didn't invite invite me. No. They were were great to have on. It was a crazy episode. So it was nice to have Kara involved a little bit, but... She's relieved to not be involved anymore. That's all she wanted to do. (laughs) I knew as soon as you started talking about the four-year-old, I was like, "Oh, Kara's about to tap all the way Mm -hmm. out. She's going to be done. She's a little bit more normal than the rest of us, I guess." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she she um, didn't like that. (laughs) No, but but (laughs) I'm glad it didn't get more graphic, and I'm glad that the little boy wasn't actually involved in that. Otherwise, she would have flipped her shit. Oh, I know, I know. So I appreciate both of them for stepping in. Thank you so much for doing that, you guys. But I'm glad to have you back. I'm so (laughs) glad to be back. (laughs) Do we want to just jump in or the counties are opening? That's true. Quarantine is starting to lift. I got notification that my nail salon was opened and called them within two minutes and made an appointment. I think I was one of the first ones. My county's still closed. I mean, I was in, uh, literally, I will be in the nail salon the first day it opens. Oh That's when my, my appointment goodness. is. Yeah. Within the first few hours of it I mean, opening. we're not technically supposed to go to other counties, but I am this close. We went to, um, we went over to Wilsonville the other day, which is about 40 minutes from where we live. Yeah. Just so we could go get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's things that we didn't realize we would be missing and... I guess we'll see how normal the new normal is. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to support like this local businesses. So like one of like the place that we went to eat was called Wankers. Wankers. <laughs> Wankers. <laughs> what kind of food is it? It's like it was just like a bar or whatever, but it was actually really really good. So <laughs> if you're looking for a place, Wankers in Wilsonville. I'm just like I feel better about that. Like I feel better about supporting like the small local places than I do about like giving my money to McDonald's and stuff right. like that. Not to say that I haven't. Like I have a McDonald's Diet Coke sitting right next to me right now. But <laughs> I'm just saying. It is nice to support local. Yeah, because so many of them are like this is gonna be do or die right now. Right. So. Support your local strip clubs when they open. To <laughs> just you guys, we're in Portland and in true Portland fashion. Some of our strip clubs just pushed through the quarantine, and they did what they could to keep open. They we did drive-through strip clubs. Yes, we had a drive-through strip club. They had gas mask on, and they were fully covered, but it was still kind of um, it was I mean, it was it's very Portland. And then they also had a strip club that turned into just food delivery, but two girls would go and deliver it for you. So, oh my gosh, they persevered. They pushed through. <laughs> Uber Eats minus the clothing. (laughs) Well, what are we talking about today? We are talking about a story that was featured on Oxygen and as well like covered in Murderpedia, which are my sources. Nice. Citations. Thank you. Love Oxygen. So this is a story of 16-year-old Erin Caffey and her 18-year-old boyfriend, Charlie Wilkinson. Now, we all remember growing up 
as teenagers dating the person that our parents didn't like and didn't approve of. It's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. It's a phase that we all need to go through, okay? We don't, but we do. (laughs) But we went through it. We don't need to, but we all do it, so... (laughs) They lived in Alba, Texas, and Aaron's family was deeply religious. Her father, Terry, was training to be a minister, and Aaron and her younger brothers all played instruments and attended church with their dad, Terry, and their mom, Penny. Aaron's brothers were Tyler, who was eight years old, and Matthew, who was 13, and Aaron herself sang in the church. Um, I, It's hard to tell if she just sang in church to the point where everybody could kind of hear her above everyone else or if she actually sang in a choir, but I think she sang in the choir. But apparently, like, they were very involved with their church their church, and living kind of like that religious, wholesome life. Okay. Where is this again? Alba, Texas. 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 Yep. Never been there. Me neither, but I'd like to go to Texas one day. This is kind of how sheltered the family was. So Aaron began being homeschooled at 13 when a girl at Aaron's school showed interest in Aaron and actually kissed her in the hallway. Ooh. Spicy. Yeah. The family was very upset about this. Her mom especially, super upset by the whole thing. So they actually pulled her out of school to homeschool her following the incident. Okay. That's their prerogative. That is their prerogative. She was being homeschooled, fast forward to the fall of 2007, and at this point, Erin was in high school. Um, She was working at Sonic. Oh, I love Sonic. I know. Man. I could actually go for some of the mozzarella sticks right now. That sounds so good. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Yeah, Food tangent. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she was working at Sonic when she met Charlie, um, and he was kind of like instantly infatuated with her and her little rollerblades, obviously. Sure. Again, this was in the fall, and in December of 2007, she asked to go back to public school. Yeah, she wanted some social Right, so she's 16 at this point, so give or take, she's a sophomore in high school. You she know. just wanted to go back to school. Yeah, she wanted to go experience. back to school. And so the parents kind of talked this over and agreed to let Aaron go back to school, and this is where Aaron and Charlie began dating. They were kind of instantly inseparable. The relationship was very much like, go back to school to be with Charlie type thing. Uh, so the and, time was to be right, there with him. Right, exactly. Okay. And that's basically, she walked through the doors of that school and they were together. Yeah. So Charlie was not Aaron's family's cup of tea. He was the outdoorsy type, super into fishing, hunting, tracking, which is another word for hunting, and particularly good with a firearm. There's nothing wrong with being outdoorsy, though. Nope. But I'm not there yet. She was sweet, seemingly innocent, pretty blonde. With her innocence, the family kind of just automatically questioned him, said something didn't quite sit right with them, but they weren't sure what it was. Okay. But just that he was a little more, like, rough and rugged. Sure. Didn't quite fit, like, the white picket fence church lifestyle that they were aiming for. Like, you wouldn't see him in khakis anytime soon, but... But cargos, maybe. But cargos. Yeah. (laughs) Come pick up your daughter in a pickup truck. Right. Red flag. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, they quickly became sexually active, as teenagers tend to do. And shortly after that, Charlie gave Aaron a promise ring and told everyone that they were going to be getting married. Oh, damn. Aaron's grades 
pretty quickly started to slip and Terry took notice to this along with all the things about Charlie that just didn't sit right with him. So they began limiting the access between the couple because of Aaron's grades along with all of these kind of gut feelings that they had that something wasn't quite right. Aaron became increasingly frustrated with the amount of time that they were limiting between the of two. Of course. Yeah. So it was like, Charlie can't take you out on dates, but he can come to the house. And then it was like, okay, Charlie can come to the house, but he has to leave by this time. Okay, Charlie can come to the house, but he can only come this many days a week. And it like kind of slowly started to scale back. Sure. They should have started like that. Right. This is about the time that Aaron began talking about killing her parents. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's we, where we're going with we this? We escalated quickly. Yeah, she oh got pissed. Oh my god. From not, you're not letting me see my boyfriend till I'm gonna kill you? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Okay. So, a kid at school said that he heard her saying to Charlie that this was the only way they could be together. Um, she also talked about running away with him quite frequently. Charlie wanted to just get her pregnant instead. No big deal. Wow. he felt like if he got her pregnant, then the family would be forced to accept him. Right. Like, they wouldn't be able to avoid them spending time together anymore but yeah, you lay down an anchor but Aaron was a sensible one in this whole thing and said she was too young to have a baby oh okay okay <laughs> the logic and reasoning right. along this whole thing Charlie's like no 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 we don't need to kill him let's just get you pregnant instead and she's like oh my god no I'm too young that would ruin my life we totally just need to kill him instead like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand <laughs> where the reasoning is coming from here well it doesn't make sense no, but very little that teenagers do right. does make sense to all of us. <laughs> so stupid. Oh my god. She's no, like, you oh don't my god, me pregnant, but don't ruin my life like that. No, murder is better. Jesus. Okay. So we're now at February of 2008. So remember, they met in the fall of 2007. She mm-hmm. went back to school in December of 2007. And now a couple months later, we're in February of 2008. Oh, God. Two months, literally? Yeah. Like, they literally... Maybe three. Yeah. I mean, they were probably, like, seeing each other and hanging out when they met in the fall, September, sure. October, whatever it be. But to start having these conversations at two, three months... I know. I know. I mean, they're not good at ten years, but still right. really fucking fast. So, Terry had gone to, this is the dad, Terry had gone to visit his own dad on February 21st of 2008 and found him dead of natural causes. Oh. So, he, I'm telling you this because this man goes through a lot here. So, he comes back to the house after taking care of everything from his dad a few days after getting home. He's buried his dad, has come back to the house, and Terry and his wife Penny are for whatever reason, compelled to check Charlie's MySpace page. Okay. Take it way back. MySpace. For those of you who don't know, this came before (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) And they found references to sexual activity and underage drinking. Okay. So this is the thing that I'm saying, like, these... Who Charlie was didn't mesh with them. Right. Right. And you think people pour out their feelings on Facebook. You should have seen MySpace. Oh, I th- you could put mood music in the background, how you were feeling. Mood music. You could do um, your top eight. Your top eight. If you were feeling real spicy. Were these posts that they found on her? On his page. Oh, on his page. Yes. So they looked at Charlie's page and found okay. all of this. So at this point, they told Aaron that she needed to end the relationship. Like, this is no more, like, limiting access. We're done. Right. We're like, what? No. 
So we're making a decision. Right. Quick show of hands. How many people have been told by their parents to end a relationship and they actually have? Not right. me. Right. No. So unless you pick up and move away. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. No. Right. Unfortunately, these things just need to take their course. So <laughs> I'm having all these flashbacks to high school. <laughs> oh, the mistakes that Can were we made. we find a friend? Can we call Vicky? Uh, I want to hear one no, of these lectures firsthand. No, please don't. Oh, I can tell you all about it. Poor Vicky and all she had to deal with with me in high yeah. school. She very seriously considered sending me to an all-girls school. That's oh, how bad shit. things got. Yeah. Anyhow. So they told them to end the relationship. Surprise, surprise, they didn't end the relationship. Now, remember, Terry had gone to visit his family on, or his dad on February 21st. Got back, found the Facebook page. So late at night on February 28th, a week later, Charlie pulls up to the house with his friends, Charles Allen Wade, who's 20 years old. We're going to call him Wade. And Wade's girlfriend, Bobby Johnson, who is 18. Okay. Aaron snuck out of her house and got in the car with them. Charlie said that he tried again to push Aaron to run away. But at this point, she insisted that he kill her parents. Oh, she wanted him to do it? Mm-hmm. This is his account. Okay. They drove around for about an hour before coming back to the house. Charlie, at this point, says that he informed her that he would have to kill her brothers in order not to leave witnesses. And according to him, Aaron said, I don't care. Just do what you got to do. No. Remember, they're 8 and 13. They're 8 and 13. Mm-hmm. So it was about 2 a.m. when Terry was woken up by a sound. Charlie and Wade at that point burst into the bedroom where Terry and his wife had been sleeping and opened fire with a 22 pistol. Oh, fuck. Terry and Penny were both shot multiple times before the gun jammed. Terry himself oh, was fuck. shot five times, once in the head, twice in the right shoulder, and two more times in the back. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I, you know, you hear so many stories of people getting shot in the head and surviving, and I would like to know how. Right. Like, how does it... I need to like, call my little brother and ask miracle. him. Yeah. It has to be a miracle. I only say I need to call my little brother because he does neuro. Like, he's a neuro oh, nurse. Okay. Not, <laughs> Not because, because he's, he's been, been shot. shot in the head or has <laughs> shot someone in the head. Just to clarify. He but, can tell me how the brain works. I mean, it has to miss... It would literally, like... You would think so, but, like, then parts. you hear people getting shot in the face and they survive. Where? Tell me where you get shot in the face and you come out of that. I don't know, dude. I don't and then be completely, you know, as normal as can be. Like, you're not inca- incapacitated or anything. To be completely normal after it. That, yeah. It has to be a miracle. I I don't understand it. I I'm don't so, either. And because I don't understand it, I'm calling it a miracle. But I'm sure there's some scientific shit behind it. But, yeah, that's incredible stories when people get shot in the head and you're like, you're alive? You're telling me what happened? Right. So, right, so the gun jams, right? So they've shot Terry five times. They've shot Penny multiple times, but the gun jams. Penny's still alive. So one of the boys then takes a samurai sword, which I felt no. like was very excessive. And Did he come in with that? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't something they found in the house. They had it. Oh, fuck. Which begs the point. If you were there to convince Aaron to run away and you weren't planning on actually, like, killing somebody, why would you bring a samurai sword? And, and why would gun. you have a gun? Right. And one could make the argument that this is Texas and everybody has guns. Fair. Uh, but samurai swords? 
explain oh, to me. Oh, you don't keep one behind your seat? No, like, no. Surpri- <laughs> I, I left mine at home, so I'll be right back. I need to go pick yeah, it up. Yeah, the fact that they're carrying that, and he was ready to finish the job with that, and because, oh, God. So he grabs the samurai sword and stabs Penny in the neck. What? And it nearly decapitates her, obviously. Oh, fuck. At this point, the two... Of them go upstairs, and Charlie kind of freezes because he knows that, like, the boys are up there, and he's on his way. So he goes to, like, basically take care of the boys, like he's told Aaron he needs to do, but he freezes, and he's not able to actually hurt these boys because they're just... They're kids. They're babies. babies. Yeah. I know 13's not a baby, but it feels like it to me. So... At this point, Wade intervenes, and he shoots one of the brothers in the face and stabs the other one with the sword. And reportedly, the 13-year-old, who is Matthew, was yelling and saying, no, Charlie, no, why are you doing this? Because they knew Charlie. He He was dating the sister. He'd been over there. Right. They then took a bunch of cash that they found in a hideaway box and anything that they thought uh, was of value before dousing the house with lighter fluid and setting it on fire. They did not. They did. So what the, fuck? the house starts to go up in flames. Yeah. And Terry wakes up. Oh. So he is alive and has been flipping in and out of consciousness at this point, but woke up as the house was burning he crawls out of the window for help and for about an hour to the nearest neighbor's house, which is about 300 yards away. I'm sorry, he did what? He crawled out of the window and down to his neighbor's house, crawling. He because crawled to his neighbor's house. He'd been house. shot in the head and in the back. So yeah, he crawled. Oh my God. And it took him an hour to get there. Oh, that hurts my heart. He knew, like, he had to get out of the house, and there was nothing he... Like, he could hear what was going on around him, so he knew that there was no one left to save. So he just had to get out of the house. Oh. Terry was obviously rushed into emergency surgery, and in recovery, told police that his attacker was Charlie because he recognized his voice and heard his son Matthew yelling his name when he said, oh, No, Charlie, goodness. why are you doing this? So he knew who it was. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, that's great that he knew. Great that he can identify it, but the fact that you had to hear your son pleading for his life, like, how do you... Like, hearing your kid know who did it, or is about to do it. Right. Oh, my God. And hearing it happen. Like, he heard them getting shot. Like, so... The cops show up to the trailer that they know that Charlie's staying in, and it's like his brothers or friends or something like that. Knock on the door. Charlie kind of stumbles up stumbles out of there looking half awake basically who's been sleeping and they take charlie into custody they search the trailer police found shell casings and a used condom and aaron is found under a blanket in the fetal position and she says that she's been kidnapped oh wade was also arrested and brought in for questioning and during questioning both boys said that this idea was aaron's Wade said that he'd been promised $2,000 to help do this. From Aaron? From Charlie, per Aaron. Okay. That she said there was $2,000 hidden in this box. Take the cash out of the box. It's yours. That, 
I that bitch. I yeah, you know, she's 16, but she's earned that. So again, he said that Aaron had told Charlie that he could find the cash in the lockbox in the house. So do the job, open up the lockbox. There's $2,000 in there. Take it. It's yours. It's a total if you hit. I yeah. mean, that's what I'm saying. The idea that yeah. those boys showed up to convince her to do anything otherwise. No, like no. you didn't come there to convince her to run away. You were ready. Right. Wade's trying to get $2,000, which by the way, $2,000 really? seriously. Right. <sighs> Over four lives. Yeah. So Charlie also told police that Aaron had smiled at him when he came out to the car and said that she was glad it was over. Gross. They told officers that they drove around a bit before Wade dropped off Charlie and Aaron at the trailer. And there they had sex. God. It's like like, celebratory sex? Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's disgusting. That they were like... I mean, you said in the last episode that they had sex on the bed where that body was, and it was like they were marking the marking occasion. Marking the occasion, yeah. But, yeah, like this idea that you would go, my parents are dead, my brothers are dead, let's go get it on in the trailer really quick. God, that's disgusting. I People are foul. So she was actually on her way to the hospital to visit her dad. Officers were taking her up to the hospital to visit her dad because as far as they knew, she'd been kidnapped, right? Are you shitting me? So they're on their way up to the hospital for her to visit her dad. When the officers interviewing Charlie and Wade call the officers that are taking her up to the hospital and are like, you need to take her into custody. And they're like, right now? Like, we're on our way to visit the dad, like, right now? And they're like, yes, right now. So they pull over and arrest her. Her grandma's in the car with her. And her grandma's like, did you have anything to do with this? And she was like, no, I didn't have anything. I swear I didn't have anything to do with it. So they don't take her up to see her dad. They put her um, under arrest instead. And at the same time, Bobby, who is Wade's girlfriend, the 18-year-old, is also arrested. Because she was in the car. Right. Okay. I was wondering where she went. All four of them are charged with three counts of capital murder. Good. Terry, at this point, moves into his sister's house and begins living on the couch, obviously suffering from severe depression. His dad has died and buried his dad, and now his entire family is dead, and his daughter is the one that's being implicated in their murders. And probably in jail at this time? Yeah, and his house is burned to the ground. So, like, he has no house. His family's gone. No memories. Right. Everything is gone. So, obviously, he's, like, suffering. And he says that in order to heal and move on, he felt like he needed to forgive them. No. So he began visiting his daughter in custody two times a week. Um, of course, they couldn't talk about anything with the case, so he said it was horrible, like, visiting her and not getting the answers that he needed. But she was told, like, you can't discuss this at all because we haven't gone to trial yet. He also asked for the death penalty to be taken off the table for Charlie and Wade. He said that he wanted to have, or wanted them to have the opportunity to find remorse and have a chance at repentance. That is nothing but a father's love. That's Jesus. Like. Yeah. (laughs) It has to be. Like that, I don't, I don't know what kind of. Like that's not human. How do you find that kind of grace in your heart? I don't really know. But yeah, I would think if those weren't strangers, you wouldn't be so gracious. Right. Or if they were, did I say if they weren't? If they weren't. If they were strangers you wouldn't be so gracious right but you know who they are and you yeah feel some type of way and it's your daughter it's your kid it's right you know you've known her for 16 years but 
what they did was fucking terrible. Well, and the death penalty wasn't on the table for Aaron and Bobby because they didn't carry it out. It was only oh. on the table for Charlie and Wade. So even more so, because it's like, it's not like he went in there to negotiate, like, you have to take it off the table for Aaron and, and everybody else at the same time. It was like, these two are the ones that carried it out, and I'm going to ask that they not suffer those consequences. Wow. And even then, when he found more grace than I could ever find... Charlie was the only one who ever showed remorse. Really? Yep. He cried and apologized, but Wade never did. Like, what did they think was going to fucking happen? You thought it was just going to be a walk in, shoot them, walk out, live the rest of your fucking life happy? That's the thing that, like, I can't figure out. It's like they don't really have a whole plan as far as what they were going to do to divert the attention from them right like you're alive Aaron says she was kidnapped but she's in Charlie's trailer so obviously he's the one that kidnapped you that was I think that was just spur of the moment that sounds like like, oh shit I'm caught they're dumb they're dumb 16 year olds and 18 year olds or whatever fuck so Aaron told her dad that she had known of the plot but tried okay and this happens sorry this part happens after trial. So they go to okay. trial and everything like that. Aaron then at that point is free to talk about this, which we'll get into everything that like they're sentencing and everything like that. But Aaron, after the trial, tells her dad that she knew of the plot, but tried to get away that night and the others forced her into the car. Um, if you knew okay. of the plot, why did you not do anything to stop it? Yep. She denies that the idea was ever masterminded by her, even with all the evidence indicating otherwise, and the testimony of all three of the other people saying that she was the one that actually wanted this to be done, including the kid in the hallway that overheard her saying that she wanted her parents dead. So in October of 2008, the boys were sentenced to life without parole. Oof. Charlie learned in prison that Aaron had actually asked a previous boyfriend to kill her parents. No. And it was at this point that he realized that he was a pawn in all of her games. She had asked for this before? She'd asked for it before. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. It was some guy at church camp that, like, felt her up or something. Oh, God. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I did not see that coming. Aaron and Bobby pled guilty to murder. Bobby was given two sentences of 40 years to be served concurrently. Aaron was given two life sentences plus 25 years served consecutively. Both do have the possibility of parole. Hmm. Terry is now living in a home down the road from where his family is buried at a cemetery. He did become an ordained minister. He remarried a woman who was raising two boys of her own. Hmm. Who... People say bear an interesting resemblance to his two sons. Oh, that breaks my heart. Once a month, Terry travels three hours to visit Aaron in prison. Once a month? Once a month, because she's three hours away. But he goes every single month to visit her. She'll be eligible for parole when she is 59 years old. (gasps) Damn. And he still believes, despite all the evidence and everything indicating otherwise, he still believes that Aaron intended to run away and Charlie mastermind the murders. Oh my God, sir, you are blinded by the love of your daughter. I think... I think that's a coping mechanism. Right. I think that it gets to the point where you're be- you've been through so much. Your dad died, then your family died, your house burned to the ground, your daughter was 
put away for she'll you'll be for dead the rest of your life. you'll be for dead by the time she life. gets out of prison right so at that point it's like you in order to cope with what's left of your life it's like you have you have to convince yourself of that right. to hold on oh that is rough so that's the story of Erin Caffey and her boyfriend Charlie Wilkinson and the murder of her family wow a lot for a 16 year old that's a lot but the fact that she had asked for this before completely blew my mind yeah it's interesting right because it wasn't a heat of the moment you know maybe something they concocted together and it's not like a whole like you won't let me be with the love of my life type thing so i'm blah 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 it's like no you wanted them dead for a while right for reasons other than them holding you back from Sounds Charlie. Like she was ready to do it for any any fucking reason. She just needed somebody to do it for her. God. Did they try them as adults? I don't know. It sounds like it. Probably. Because... For life? Well, if they tried them as kids, they would have gotten out when they were turned 18. And Charlie was 18. And oh. Bobby was 18. Oof. And Wade was 20. Aaron That's... was the only one that was 16. Shit. But either way, it doesn't matter because she'll your still entire fucking life. I mean, obviously you took someone else's life. Well, but... it's like you're 16. Wait two more years and then move out and do what you want. Right. I mean, what do they really think was going to happen? Their family was going to wake up dead, or you know, they're going to find the family. That's what I mean. It was so poorly thought over. through. Right. Yeah. And what was where your cover you? up? Don't be sloppy. Oh my goodness, people. Yeah, don't think like a 16-year-old. So they were on an episode of, like, Killer Couples on Oxygen, I think, Um, and then Dr. Phil. Yeah. You can watch the Dr. Phil stuff. You'll probably love that. Probably. That's crazy. Yep. Good story. I know. I know. Oh, I feel so bad for the little brothers. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Ugh. All right. Okay. On that note... If you guys want to reach out to us, chit chat, do what you do, you can do that by going over to our Instagram at a stranger danger podcast. You can email us at a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, stranger danger colon a true crime podcast. And you can join the Facebook page, stranger danger colon murder lovers. And find us on Twitter at SD true crime pod. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.